This is the Canopy Life Podcast. We are a community of joyful, generous, and stubbornly hopeful people. We believe that beauty, belonging, and innovation can change the world. And we are committed to a future where Kenyan children become godly innovators who lead their communities out of poverty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kari Manuel. Kari has a passion for leading people. He's led multiple mission trips to Kenya, Uganda, and Haiti, and enjoys watching the growth that people experience on those trips. He is a man after God's own heart, a husband who puts his wife before everything under the sun, and a father of three who teaches his kids to love others. Welcome to the Canopy Life Podcast, Kari. (laughs) Thanks. It's good to be here. (laughs) Yes, it is great to have you. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership. And the first question to kind of set us up to discuss this topic is mentorship and discipleship. Tell us about those two things. How do they relate to leadership? And and I guess maybe the first setup is what, what why are we talking to you about leadership? Like what's your experience with mentor, discipleship and leadership? And yeah. So I've had the opportunity to lead in different different aspects in my life, whether that be on the football field, in the corporate America setting. And just about 15 years ago, I found my purpose to lead spiritually. And that's, that's when um, this leadership thing took a whole nother level. And when I started to understand what leadership was about and the leader that I wanted to be. And I, I think like when you think about that leadership, you could ask, you can ask 10 different people what leadership is. You're going to get 10 different answers, right? So I think for the context of this, let's just define leadership. Let's just, let's just, let's level set. All right. So I was about to say, before we get to any other questions, you just said you found your passion in leadership, but I want to know how you define it. So perfect place to get started. All right. So like, if you just look at the basic, you know, look in the dictionary, leadership happens anytime we influence the thinking or the behavior or the development of others. Now, whatever adjective you want to put in front of that, it could depend where your leadership could go, right? So think about the adjectives that you could put, put, put into that. But I think for the sole purpose of this podcast, we're going to focus on effective leadership. Am I correct in, in thinking that? Yes, absolutely. It doesn't seem like talking about ineffective leadership would be <laughs> worth our time. <laughs> yes, and which I'm sure we could actually do a podcast and learn a lot about effective leadership by discussing I mean, what that ineffective might need to be... leadership looks like. But let's stick with effective leadership for this episode. Well, I, you know, crazy as it may sound, I was an ineffective leader before I was an effective leader because I learned, right? So like that, mm. that is a big piece. We'll, we'll take that one off. But, you know, for me, 15 years ago, I rededicated my, my life to Christ. And I have led in all these different aspects, but I never led for the kingdom. And I was falling short there. And I, I was broken. And I remember I was, I was on a business trip. I was in a hotel room. And I professed, I was like, God, I'm giving you everything. I've been a fan of Jesus Christ, right? A fan sits on the sidelines. But a follower gets in the game, and I was ready to get in the game. And I was falling short there. Right. So I was like, God, I don't know what that looks like. Leadership. I, I, I don't know what that looks like, but I want to lead for your kingdom. And we're, we're going to get to that leadership question, but I'm just giving us giving you how, how I got to this 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 place. Right. Of leading for God, God's kingdom. I said, I don't know what this looks like, but put me in situations where 
you know what, where I can, where I can lead. So I started going to church at North Point, And I, I recall Andy Stanley saying, we, we, we're helping people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I was like, wow, that's really cool. But, but what is that? You know, I'm like, I, I have no clue what that is, but you got my attention. Um, and so I, I remember one, one Sunday sitting there, the lights come on and there's this big, big, you know, commercial come to Africa, come serve, come lead. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, that sounds fantastic. I want to do that. So I go to my wife and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm feeling called to, to go to Africa. And at the time, we had a three, two, and one-year-old. And my wife's like, really? You're feeling called right now, this time, to go to Africa? I'm like, yes, I am. And um, my, prayer for, my, my prayer for my wife, and I, I didn't know this, she would, she would pray, pray for me that I would be a leader, a godly leader for our household. And I was falling short in that. And so she's like, God, I think this is, God, you're answering my prayers. So Evan, we go to Africa, right? We go to Africa. And my expectations was to go over there to help, but I came back help. And I, I'll never forget the two leaders that I had on that trip. And when I left that trip, I'm like, I want to do exactly what they did for me. And that, that was the, that, that's when the light bulb came on. That's when the light bulb came on. And then I was like, you know what? I want to lead mission trips. So that's when the, the light bulb came on and I knew that I wanted to lead lead God's kingdom through mission trips. You mentioned a, a couple of times here, this idea that you were falling short as a leader. So a question that comes to my mind is how do you know, how, how would a listener know in any area of their life, whether they're falling short currently or not? Something that comes to mind is you need an example of what it looks like to be an effective leader, to even know that that's something that you're falling short of. Is that kind of, did you see somebody else doing what you, what you wanted to be doing as a, as a leader spiritually and as a leader in your household? And that showed you that there was a gap there or, or was there something else that came up in your life that, that, that helped this idea click or, or that made this idea click that you had room to grow as a leader? So I mentioned I was I had been a leader in different aspects of my life in corporate America and I was I was chasing the corporate dream. So I had many different leadership positions and every one of those leadership positions that I went for, guess who I would ask to give me that promotion? Yeah, God, right? So I was using God as an ATM and that's not what God wants for us, right? Anytime I needed that promotion or I wanted that big title and amazing enough, he provided that for me. But my gap was, all this leadership that I'm doing here on the left side, I'm not even doing it on the right side for the kingdom. That's when it was like, all right, I want to do mm. more for the kingdom. Mm. And that's, 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 that's kind of when the, when I had this aha moment of, all right, it, it's time to step up your game. Yeah. 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 Would you say, I mean, would you say Kari that like, cause I'm just getting my head like wrapped around this description is you you were building a kingdom, but it was for yourself. So your leadership was in service of yourself and this transition to be a leader that served others and advanced, right? Oh the, my goodness, the, yeah. Okay, but that would be kind of how you compare your this different calling for you is that you'd been leading for yourself and leading others for the sake of growing things that 
didn't matter eternally and you wanted to shift to serving others through leadership and growing things that did matter eternally affecting how did you say at the beginning affecting thoughts minds and behaviors for things that matter eternally yes absolutely christy and the point there is i was leading for my ego right we always know what ego stands for edging god out like that's and if i'm being completely transparent right like yes i was completely leading for myself and and not serving other still still serving in that aspect but not the spiritual aspect was missing right the spiritual aspect was missing of that so there's these two other words that come up as we as we talk about leadership and they may they probably come up as we lean more towards the the spiritual side which is mentorship and discipleship so how do those relate to leadership and how would you define those in the context of being a leader spiritually and and being a leader uh, in your household so uh, yeah, um, discipleship and 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 mentor mentorship. I think before we get into that, you'd have to define what what a disciple is, right? And that that's a that was a scary word for me. And a disciple is is a follower of Christ, right? So in my mind, I committed, and in my heart, I committed. I'm a sinner, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I want to follow Him. What I did at that moment is I signed up to be a disciple. And I put a box around disciple. I was like, only there's only 12 guys that can be a disciple, right? But the truth and the reality, God asked us to follow his son, to do as he does, do as he says, and follow him. And so we've all, we've all signed up to be a disciple. And the interesting part about discipleship, that you have to understand yourself as a disciple and what it means to follow Jesus, that's being in the word, that's getting close to him, that's surrounding yourselves with other disciples. But the other, the other part of that being a disciple is that discipleship, right? It's the Great Commission. God calls all of us to be leaders. And I think many times, at least even for me, let me just use myself for an example that I feel like I'm, I'm not adequate enough or the stuff that I have done in the past that separated me from God lingers in the back of my head. I'm not, I'm not good enough, but that's just in my mind, that is spiritual warfare. That's Satan attacking. And I have to step in God's presence. I have to remind myself the same Holy spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, the same Holy spirit that gave him the ability to walk on water lives in me, lives in us. And that is mind blowing. I'm like, Whoa, so when you tap into the Holy Spirit and you step in God's presence, I mean, we're, we're all leaders. We're, we're all leaders. And I think a lot of people think that in order to be a leader, you got to have this business card or you have to lead a group of people. If we go back to our definition, anytime you influence the thinking, the behavior or development of another person, you're a leader. So imagine you invite somebody to church that has never been in a church, but they come to church with you on Sunday you're leading, right? Like you invite somebody to, to join your small group. And like, uh, maybe they were a little bit like me. I'm never going to join a small group. That's weird. That's, but they join that small group. You're leading. So I ask people that I mentor and lead all the time not to put a box around leadership because when you, when we committed to Christ to follow him, he also asks us to to go make disciples of the nation. 
So would mentorship just then be coaching people to yeah. understand their style of like how they are a leader? I mean, would, yeah. like in light of what you're saying, mentorship is coaching people towards understanding who they are, how, how they are leading if everybody's a leader. Yeah. I, I kind of define discipleship as mentoring someone in their faith, right? Coming alongside of them, showing them. I, I think the one of the strongest ways that, that that you can mentor or that you can disciple is to do your best to imitate exactly what Jesus Christ wants you to do, to show show people and come alongside of them. And you know, it's a lot of times people are like, well, what 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 is it that God wants me to do? What is it? What is it that? What are my strengths? What is like? I want to do something that that aligns with with my personality and, and those type of things. And a lot of times through mentorship, you know, you do the personality test. You know, you do the test to find your gifts and, and those types of things. Whether you're, you know, you're you you want to be a pastor or you want to be a servant leadership or whether you want to be on a worship team just helping people find what they're passionate about, but take what you're passionate about and apply it to leading for the kingdom. Does that, does that make sense? So I'm so curious, like, so it's so, it's a dichotomy in my mind right now as you're talking, because I'm listening to everything you've said for this first, however many minutes of the podcast. And there's such a strong emphasis on, on how leadership is for spiritual purposes, right? It's, it's leading people right. towards eternal things. Um, but I also know this side of you that is still hardcore in the corporate world and leading teams of people, right? So I understand hearing your definition of your true calling and leadership being the spiritual calling and why that would align so well with mission trips. Because I mean, let's be honest, anyone who's on a mission trip knows like that stepping out of your context, it's putting yourself fully in the frying pan of what God's recipe, right? Like he, he's got full control because you have no control. And so leading and mentoring on a mission trip is like, I can see where that would be like your prime experience, right? You're getting to help people navigate through total internal disruption to see God in a new and different way. And to in, like your mind, your thoughts, how do you say it? Thoughts, behaviors, and opinions. Is that How do you say it? Thoughts, behaviors, and influencing okay. their and how you develop developing others. right like there there's no parameters there's no boundaries within a mission trip for how that's possible because your thoughts and behaviors are already night and day different from your normal life but when you're taking this style of leadership and this like calling to spiritual leadership how do you apply this within your day-to-day -day corporate world of people who may or may not care about this like how do you apply these passions for discipleship and mentorship and and spiritual leadership to your actual professional leadership role. Don't mention corporate America. Don't mention <laughs> Jesus in corporate America, right? Right? No, no. So I, I whisper that and I and I say that tongue in cheek because that was me. I've I've always believed in Christ, but for the probably the first, let's say the first 10 years, no one even knew that I was a disciple. No one even knew that I was a believer because I wasn't I wasn't mentioning Christ in in the workplace and that 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 was a struggle for me and but when I this is this is, this is a great story when I went through this transformation I rededicated my life to Christ I'm like I will not hide you anywhere in my life and so we're at this corporate this corporate event all the big wigs are there and we were doing this thing where you come up with your leadership statement 
Okay. And I knew as we started to develop our leadership statement, like imagine there's, I mean, there's, there's 15 or 20 of us in a room, anywhere from the, the president. I mean, this is a major company, major company, the president, all the way down to the frontline managers. And so we're developing this mission statement. And so we're, as we're developing it, I'm developing my mission statement. And I'm like, you know what? God needs to be in my mission statement, like as a leader, but I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. And so I come up with my mission statement. I'm like, ah, it's all good. And then the facilitator of this workshop says, I'm so excited that you guys have come up with your mission statement. In the next three days, we're going to share it with everybody. Oh, my goodness. Terrified. I started like I couldn't concentrate on anything about I'm like, how is this going to go over? Am I going to have that Jerry McGuire moment when I say something and everybody's just like, what just happened? So I come up with my my statement and it actually lives on my vision board till this day for the past 15 years. So they go around. Everybody's like, we want to you know, hold people accountable, blah, 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 blah. OK, that, that's good. We you know, I want to be a, a leader for my people. Make sure that we hit the number. Like, so just, the, you know. Everybody, I'm like, man, mine is so far off. And so, okay, it's my turn. So, okay, here I go. They're like, all right, Carly, what do you have? I said, I want to be a man after God's heart. I want to put my wife before everything underneath the sun, teach my kids to love others, and to add value to people because I value people. That's what I want to be as a leader. Crickets. Absolute crickets. And I had prayed on this the night before. My like, God, please let this resonate. Give, give me the strength and the courage to go through with this. Like crickets. So the meeting adjourns, right? And I'm like, man, this is absolutely, this is, this is not good. Then I get a text from someone that said, hey, you said something that I was scared to. And that was one of, that was one of my coworkers. And then um, I see somebody um, as we're leaving the, the meeting at the airport. They're like, what you said is so powerful. And that right there actually changed the dynamics of the room, just the, the power of God, because believe it or not, I believe Jesus Christ needs to be in corporate America. And a lot of people believe that as well, but they're scared to share it. And out of that came so much, so much, much fruit and so many conversations. And really, it, it was about God. Because um, he gave me the strength and the courage, and I stepped in his presence and asking, you know, doing what he asked me to do. And so, 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 Christy, to you know, so how does that how does that that work? I think leadership is a, a holistic approach. I still use it in corporate America. I mean, I still use the foundation of my my mission statement. I see it; it's on my vision board. That's what I see every day in the morning. To be a man after God's heart. To put my wife before everything underneath the sun to teach my kids to love others and to add value to people because I value people. And I think in order to add value to people because you value people, you have to understand what, what people want. That's what leadership starts. It starts with a conversation. You have to understand what people want. And I think there's also the, the other big piece of leadership is when people understand that you want something for them versus something from them, mm -hmm. it, builds, it builds a trust element. Mm -hmm. As a leader, if you build that trust element, it just it goes a long way within when developing people and, and mentoring people.
That was a long answer. So Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But no, stories are great. And I really think people connect to the story, like your experience, right? Like you can give tips and here's the core of leadership. Here's your top three reasons. But like your experience, I promise you there are people who lived through that with you as you were describing it. And and I would say there's probably business leaders who listen to that and are, are currently asking themselves, have I done that yet? Do, am I am I at work who I am? At the, am I bringing the core of me to my profession, right? So for me, that's easy. If I don't bring the core of me, which is Jesus and being an obedient follower to my work, well then as a ministry canopy life dissolves, right? Or becomes an institution. But like in the corporate world, it's possible to not bring that, you know, to bring your true self to leadership. And I would say, you know, we say at Canopy Life, we say real leaders serve others with their power, resources, and ideas, right? That's like, that's how we say it. And so what you're describing is very much in line with this idea of valuing people because you value people and bringing what matters to the table. And in that, in that context of what you're describing is, you know, businesses will come and go corporations will start and fail some will last longer than others but the people we are becoming and the community of people we're creating as we live our lives and do this work is what is eternal right it, it that is that totally. is what and if you don't bring that to the table in an eternal way then yeah. i think most people would find there's that purpose in that right and so you, like obviously your passion is helping people discover this this piece of themselves. I mean, I don't want to completely hijack this interview. What does it look like to help people find the purpose that you have found? Like you've found this real purpose and helping people find in a, in a way their purpose, right? You're leading them towards this kingdom mindset, which is a purpose mindset. It's that we are here for a reason. And, you know, like, so how do you help people find their purpose? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it starts with, it starts with conversations, understanding what, when you find your purpose, it, it's, it's just like, it's so effortless. It's, it's like, it's like breathing, right? When you get up and you know your purpose, that's your, that's your direction. That's your motivational compass. So to help someone find that, I think, I just don't think I can help see how I want to put this. Like you have to find your own purpose. Right. You have to find your own, own purpose, but I can be. Which isn't that kind of like a lifelong journey as it is, right? Like every time I think <laughs> I get kind of close, it seems like God reveals another part or a deeper level. Well, maybe it's like la- layers of an onion, right? Like some people think they found their purpose in their twenties. And I'm like, I, I'm going to challenge you that in 10 years, you might be rethinking that, but it's all layers of the same onion. You're continually going deeper into who you've been wired to be, you know, and what God has created you for. And, and I think that's, that's where the mentorship comes in and those conversations come in about, you know, what are you passionate about? What is it that you love doing? What is it that is not work for you? And I think it's having those conversations and, and asking those questions and guiding that, those individuals that I, I get the opportunity to mentor that helps lead them, lead them to their purpose and find out what they want to do in life. But I think it's just multiple conversations. It's multiple conversations. and and I think one of the best things is that I've had mentors put into me. And a lot of times, you know what, the things I say, you know what, it's nothing new underneath the sun. It's just, it's something that someone has taught me and I get to share, share that wisdom with someone, someone else. And I, that's, 
if I have information that's going to help you become the best version, spiritual version of you and help you become a godly leader, I'm going to share it. Why, why, do, I, why do we want to hold on to that? You know, especially if we're, man, if we're, we're building for the kingdom, let's, let's share and share alike. And, and I think the other piece of that is, you know what? I'm still becoming the best version of myself. Like every day I'm growing. Every day I'm, I'm looking to surround myself with other strong disciples, other strong leaders. Um, and I think we've all probably heard it before in one sermon or another where it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like you have to surround yourself with other people. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So I think it's important to continue to surround yourself with other people that are, 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 are like-minded and want to, want to move, move the kingdom. Yeah. I really love the, the, uh, do you call it your vision statement, your mission statement? Your yeah. kind of, yeah, I mean, you see it every day, you read it every day. I love that it is all encompassing. You're, you're specific with God, your, your wife and your children. And then what about everybody else? Oh yeah. Them too. I want to add value to them because I value them. So I've got one last question before I want to move into kind of talking about your upcoming trip to Kenya and hearing your thoughts, sharing your thoughts with the canopy life community community about that. That question is, this last part of your, your statement there is adding value to people because you value people. It, it seems as though as I break that down for myself, I'm like, how do I, I, I agree with that. And, and I'm like, I could adopt that. Mm-hmm. How do I go about explaining to somebody else that valuing others is a good thing? Like, where do I find the motivation for valuing another human being and, and, how does that drive this statement? Because if you don't value others, that that statement breaks down, right? Like you you have to value the life of another person, and it's got to be all encompassing. Like not just add value to those who are are like you, do what you do, look like you, but it's like no, add value because I value everybody. So does that resonate with you at all? Are you like, what's the motivation? How do you find motivation for valuing other people? Um, I find my motivation. From, through my Lord and Savior, ha- hands down, hands down. And oh man, as I get to thinking about how awesome God is and what he calls us to do. So here's the, here's valuing people. It's easy to value people that you like. All right, mm-hmm. come on now, we're, we're, we're about to get into this now, right? But what God asks us to do is also value the people that we don't like. And that's, that's my commission. And it's not, oh, and, and believe me, I'm talking about leadership and adding value and I have these cool one-liners that I've picked up in some book, but I'll be honest with you. There are some people that I don't want to value <laughs> that I don't want to, that I don't want to put into because they're difficult people, mm-hmm. but God calls us to love the difficult people. God calls us to find the one. And that's, that's where our motivation comes from on, on valuing all people. Treat others as you want to be treated. Treat others as yourself. Love others as yourself. And that's that's the core of, of my motivation. And that's what holds me accountable on a on a on a, a another level. I always I always ask people, I'm like, you know what, go I always tell people when I when I'm having our, our mentorship session or or um we're we're talking, I'm like, you know what, go love on somebody today. And they're like, Yeah, I'll go love on somebody today. But but mm-hmm. you know what? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna meddle a little bit. Go love on somebody that you don't like so much Mm. do that that's what we're called to do and if you know i always joke and if you don't have that person in your life 
you know, that doesn't annoy you or that you, you don't like, well, you might be that person. <laughs> what a great picture of, of leadership and discipleship and mentorship to be able to speak that truth and, and, and ask that question to somebody. I think that is at the heart of what it means to be leaders, to be able to encourage people to go love on somebody. And then, and then even further than that, like this discipleship mentor piece, it's like, go love on somebody that you, you don't quite think so fondly of, or isn't like you, or, or you don't agree with. That's a, a really cool way to view just that, that context that spiritually and business and life with your family. Gosh, all, all of those places, I can see the relevance of that challenge. Uh, well, and I would also that. say, I mean, if anything in the last years revealed it, the people who are diff- not like us, the people who are, mm-hmm. our divisions have become, they were probably always there, but in the last 12 to 18 months have become more obvious in every spectrum of life, right? Like, I think people who have always been really politically inv- uh, politically engaged knew that, that division was there, but now there seems to be more political division than ever, more worldview division, right? People literally see the world differently. And and this message is, whether they're a believer in Jesus or not, is incredibly valuable to any leader mm. um, in, this, in this world that we're living in right now, where divisions that either have always been there are way more apparent than they used to be and are being spoken of, or there's just more division. I, you know, there's we could probably have a whole podcast episode on yeah, just that. It wasn't sure. always there, or is it new? But like it's it's so much more obvious, right? And people who love people are having to really bridge that gap right now. I think anyone in ministry, especially, but across the across the board, everyone has a staff right now that are spread across that spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. that or have a community that's spread across the spectrum. The people within families, there's all of this spread across across the spectrum because of the passion that's being leveraged when someone disagrees with you or doesn't see the world the same way. And so that understanding of valuing, how'd you say it? Well, valuing people who you like and also people who don't like you or who you don't like, like that is such a core element to how we're going to navigate this season as a people, not just God's people, but as a people people. And I also feel like it's where the people who follow Jesus, who are getting the strength to do that from an in, internal and eternal place right are going to have the opportunity to shine or to crash and fail if they don't draw from that place <laughs> to do it well because it is it is something that's supernatural to love people to value people who don't value or love you or who are very different or hard hard to get along with that is a supernatural thing it is something that's very hard to authentically create within a human heart right and it's um and it's such a valuable message i think all leaders listening can take that and run with it because it will be the core of what defines your leadership in this upcoming season of the world is are you going to be able to love and care for the people under you or near you or in your influence who are not easy to love or who outright disagree with you pick at your leadership disagree with you it's like that's going to define your leadership for this next season. Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And just love is the common denominator. Right. It it really is. So, right. um, And that seems relevant in any context too. (laughs) Right. It is. I mean, any context. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So Kari, you've got an upcoming trip on your calendar to Kenya. 
in August, I believe. What are you most excited about? What are you expecting to learn? I, you said earlier you've you've taken a trip overseas before. So what are you, what did you learn on that last trip that you're like looking forward to? How do you prepare for something like this? Have you learned anything about preparation? Gosh, I, don't just, ask yeah, oh all, all the questions thrown out there. I, I, I mean, now, you know, uh, you got to keep me focused, you know, like squirrel, there I go, but no, all right, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay focused here with you all, but this is, you get to talking about Africa and you really fire me up. First, what I'm excited about going to Africa, I want to, I want to answer that is I get to be on the Canopy Life campus. And what I tell you, what excites me the most about this, having the ability to speak with the young godly leaders canopy life is building up right now. That's it. That fires me up. I hope we get in circles and I hope that I can share some of my wisdom and they can probably teach me some things, but meeting those kids, that's, they're our future. They are our future. And what canopy life is doing to put into those kids, to raise up these disciples, the discipleship and to become godly leaders, I'm so excited to meet those individuals. I really am. You talked about in that question, that big question you asked me, Evan, you talked about um, what do I expect? I stop expecting things going to Africa because every time I expect something, God has so much bigger, like what blows my mind, right? So instead of, I kind of go into these trips and I pray, God, what do you, what do you expect of me versus what am I expecting of you? And, you know, my first trip, I went there, I went there to help and I came back helped and it just totally rocked my world. So I don't know what this trip is going to bring, but I'm going to just, how do I prepare? I'm going to pray and say, all right, God, I'm open to what you bring. I want to be still in his presence. And when I go to Africa, that's my happy place. That's when, you know, I don't have a cell phone signal. I'm disconnected. It's just, it's just, it's a strong spiritual time for me. And I encourage anybody that's listening, anybody that's listening, please, please go to Africa, go to Canopy. It's, it, it's cool. Experience that um, and be still in his presence while you kind of, you kind of have to, because it, it takes away the technology and all those things. So I don't know. Did I, did I answer that question? Did I answer what was yeah, another part you of answered, that question? Yeah. You answered all of them. You crushed it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, gosh. Uh, Chrissy, are you on that trip too? Uh, are yeah. You going? Okay. Gosh, talk about some challenges. This is a, Kari is an amazing member of our board and this team that he's going with is our U.S. board going over. And we were mm. literally just a minute ago talking about how interesting it's going to be to lead a team of leaders, right? People who have led, because Kari, how many teams? trips to Kenya have you led or not oh, Kenya. you've been in more places in Africa but you've led quite a few teams yeah, right? 10 or 11 10 or 11 yeah, teams right. I think. <laughs> yeah. so like cool. uh, people cool. who are skilled in leadership who have taken trips to Kenya but that's what I love is that leaders learn and the best leaders know how to follow right and and they obviously have their own styles and would probably lead this team differently but but leaders listen right so I, I'm both going to be challenged as a team leader to lead this team of leaders but also so excited because these are our phenomenal leaders on our board. And, and that's really what a leader does when they go, right? They're looking for opportunities, as Kari said, to lead by influencing and impacting people's behaviors and perspectives. But they're also, you're, they're wanting that to happen to themselves as well. They're open 
listening to how God can teach them through these kids, how God can teach them through the environment, what they can learn from one another, what they can learn from mm -hmm. the Kenyan leaders, right? There's all leaders follow, you know, the best leaders are following. So it's just going to, I'm super pumped about it. It's going to be really, it's going to be really, really great. And let's be honest, most of us haven't been, I mean, I have, but a lot of people haven't gotten a chance to go, like as Kari said, Africa is his happy place and he hasn't had a chance to travel there in quite a while due to everything we've been facing in the world. So just getting back to traveling, even with all the new hurdles and strange protocol, right? Like it's, it's worth it because we miss connecting with people we love. And I know that that's a joy of everybody on this team, Kari included, is to connect with people that we love face-to-face, -face, not on Zoom. Like they're just, I'm just so glad that travel's up and going again, because it's, it's such a critical part of who we are as a people and how we cross-pollinate God's graces between cultures and organizations. We have to be present to do that. So yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are so much. <laughs> so cool. So cool. All right, Kari, other than the trip to Kenya in August with Canopy Life, what are you most excited about in your world? You mentioned you've got a wife and three kids. Do you, is it still just three? Have you had more since then? Like, what are you most excited about just in life other than this trip to, to Canopy Life in August? Oh, Oh, my, my wife and I, we are in a season, you talking about discipleship and mentorship of those three kids and their mm. friends. Just yeah. the other night, we, God has, has given us the wisdom to create a safe place in our home. And my wife and I, we love serving. We love cooking. So we had, we'll probably have seven or eight teenage kids over. We're cooking, we're feeding them. We're talking about God. Some are believers, some aren't just having these amazing conversations. And that's the season of life about, we're so excited about that right now is that mm -hmm. we get to mentor these, these young kids. Um, that's, that's, what's really exciting and it's fun. And we'll have my, my, my 16 year old today, my daughter, Kimley turned 16 year, uh, 16 today. So she's having a big birthday party and it's wow. cool. The conversations that we've been having with these kids. It's really yeah, cool. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I just got this picture of, of discipleship and Jesus sitting at the table, feeding his disciples, the, the bread oh. and the wine and the picture you just painted of you and your wife and these kids that are coming to the table and foods involved. Like the, there's something nourishing to our soul in that. What a cool environment to create, to yeah. talk about the things that we want to talk about and to have a safe place to do that. Man, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, Evan, thanks for that. But yeah, I think Jesus, he, he had a formula. You know what? If you have food, people come and, and sit yeah. down around. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We, that's a common denominator. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Where, awesome. where can people find you? Yeah. Social media, website, LinkedIn. How do you, how do you like to connect with people? You, you know what? Facebook is, is perfect. And you can find me under motivated, motivated, motivated. And you'll see my, my, my you'll see my beautiful family there. Three <laughs> kids, 17, 16, and soon to be 15. My goodness. Uh, please connect with me. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to reach out and if, if there's something on this podcast that you want to flush out more, you want to ask, I'm totally transparent. So please, let's do it. Reach out to me. That's cool. awesome. Thank you for your time, Kari. At the end of every podcast, we say together Asante Sana, which just means thank you very much in Swahili. So Asante Sana. Asante, Asante Sana, everybody. Sana. <laughs>
A quick thank you to everyone who jumped in and sponsored a student at Canopy Life in the past month. Your contribution is making waves in the lives of our students, their families, and their communities at large. As you may know, we are preparing to welcome new students to the Canopy Life campus and would love for you to get involved. You can do so in two practical ways. One, make a one-time donation as we launch the new school year. Every year, expenses increase as students come back to campus and need new school supplies. Number two, sign up to be a hand-picked sponsor. Each year, we allow the students to pick their sponsors, which has quite an impact in and of itself. If you'd like to sign up to be a hand-picked sponsor, you can do so on our website, canopylife.org sponsorship. From there, click Sponsor a Child, and you'll be given the option to sign up to be a hand-picked sponsor, meaning a student in Kenya will choose you.